Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, okay, so here's the deal. I was going to do a regular episode tonight. It is Wednesday, the 17th of November. I'm going out of town on the 19th. I'm going to the Who Weekly podcast live show tomorrow, the 18th. Um, So I was planning on doing just like a regular episode today, recording it on the 17th, releasing it for Sunday. I am going to be off Thanksgiving week, just a heads up. I always take it off. It's nice to have a break. Um, But I could not access the episode this morning. It wasn't available on Amazon. I I don't fucking know why. The Young and Pregnant episode was available, but not OG. And then I couldn't access it via the MTV app um, because it wouldn't, I don't know, it said the Verizon login information I had was wrong, my dad's information. I don't fucking know. And that was all the avenues I had available to watch at the current moment. Um, there are other ways to watch it. Like I know I can use the browser and blah, 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 blah. But like at that moment, I only had two ways that I could watch it in my present circumstances. So I'm going to do an AMA. I've had it up all day. So I have like a shit ton of questions on there. (laughs) We'll see how many I get to. I mean, obviously like a lot of them are repeating, but I'm just going to go through them. I like doing AMAs. I think it's fun. I did one like two months ago. You know, I don't want to do them all the time because I don't want it to get repetitive for my listeners, but they're fun to do. So let's just let's just kick off. Okay, this one, I feel a little obnoxious answering this. But First one is, where can I find a podcast with the cliff notes to everything Caroline Calloway? To be honest, the answer is on my Patreon, patreon.com. I cannot speak. Patreon.com slash Liz Explains. I've done two episodes on her, I believe. <laughs> Maybe three. I don't know. I've done a couple episodes on her. That That's where. Um, as far as other people's podcasts, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else's podcasts that talk about Caroline. There was one like Caroline Calloway podcast specifically, but I can't. Uh, it might have been called Pardon My Snark. Does that sound right? I'm the old episodes might still be up. It had a couple episodes, like a handful of episodes, more than a couple. Um, so I would say you could look that up, but she's not really like a podcast subject unless you're me. <laughs> okay. Which celebs were you most surprised, disappointed to learn is anti-vax? I don't think there's been one yet. Um, I kind of assume by default that most celebrities are a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, if you will. You know, they just like don't operate on the same planet as the rest of us. So I feel like anytime I find out a celeb is anti-vax, I'm like, yeah, okay, that tracks. I don't think there's been one that's come out that I've been like, oh, holy shit. Like, I can't believe that. I don't think that's happened yet. I, I can't remember. I mean, I think I'm oftentimes more surprised when I find out people that I think that I think are celebs <laughs> that I think are a little out there, which I think most celebs are, are vaccinated. You know what I mean? I feel like I usually err on the side of like being pleasantly surprised because I assume that most celebrities are like anti-vaccine nutjobs. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, favorite 
spelled with a U. So maybe you're Canadian, maybe you're British, maybe you're Australian. Do people in Europe that speak English as a second language use a U to spell favorite or color? It's a question. It's a question I have. Please let me know the answer. And so favorite podcast to be a guest on and favorite guest on yours. Hi, I don't know. I mean, like instinctively right away, I'm like princess for both. I like when princess is on my pod and I like going on princess's pod. But I, I love having Troy on. Love having Troy on. Um, Kara is really fun. Kara's on my Patreon. Like I feel like. Oh, she's been on a bunch of my Patreon episodes. I'll have to have Kara on. I don't know. Like, I feel like I rarely have a bad guest. You know, like I really, really rarely have somebody where I'm like, <laughs> yikes, not going to do that again. It's probably only hand- happened like a couple of times in the history of this podcast. But I think as far as like favorite, I love um, Princess coming on and Christine is messaging me right now, my friend Christine. And that made me think like I love recording for Patreon with Christine because that means we're doing YouTube episodes and we just love chatting about YouTube. We recorded like an in-person episode. It was so much fun to do. I don't know. It's hard to pick a favorite, but I like going on by pumpkin. I'm trying to think of by pumpkin, I feel like is my favorite to go on because it just feels like I'm doing my own podcast. <laughs> Okay, I had a million people ask me about uh, like Salt Lake, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, thoughts on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So I'm just going to talk about that in general and then like not get into most likely the like specific Salt Lake City questions. Okay, so I feel a little bit like I'm... (laughs) This is like, I know like using the word crazy is not great, but like there are a few better phrases on earth than I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> like, guys, Zoolander was in a very important film to me as like a 14 year old. <laughs> Zoolander really did it for me. Um, <laughs> I really quoted the shit out of Zoolander. I thought it was the height of comedy. Um, I watched it a million times and I feel like I'm taking crazy pills is just like in my vernacular and it really sums up how I feel a lot of the times. <laughs> I haven't watched Zoolander in many a moons, but I bet I'd still laugh. I mean, I don't smoke pot anymore, which definitely changes my taste in comedies <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and I smoked a lot of pot when Zoolander was my favorite movie, you know, when I was 15, but... <laughs> I do try not to say crazy, but I definitely still say it. I know I still say it. I really try hard to replace wild with crazy, but that's just not happening. And like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when I'm hearing people discuss the Jen Shaw arrest and who tipped off the feds. Let's talk about this. As you guys all know, I have a degree in criminal justice, which means essentially nothing Uh, in my day-to-day life, except I have like a tiny bit of knowledge when it comes to the criminal justice system that maybe the average person doesn't have. Although I would argue that a majority of that knowledge actually came from extensively and obsessively watching Law and Order my entire life. I know what they say, Law and Order's fake. And yet when I was in 11th grade, I took an understanding criminal law elective 
and I got the shitty teacher. You know, there are two teachers who like taught the elective and I got the shitty version of it. Um, I got the shitty version of it. And in class, the guy, the teacher asked me if my parents are lawyers. And I said, no, I watch a lot of Law and Order. And he said, you know, that's fake. And I said, okay, but you thought my parents were lawyers. <laughs> um, <laughs> true story. Uh, so I have like a, a decent understanding of criminal law, if you will, or the criminal justice system as it works, not so much like actual criminal law. Though I did take a criminal law class and it was very hard, um, but not like from a lawyer's. Well, the t- professor was a lawyer, but it's not the same thing as taking criminal law in law school is what I'm saying. Okay, so I watched it. If you guys don't know, Jen Shaw is a person. I always want to say character, but she's not a character. <laughs> she's a real person who is on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. She was arrested for really serious uh, fraud accusations. She is accused of essentially, how to explain this the way that Whitney Rose did so succinctly. Um, basically, when you like get on a website and give them your information, they're allowed to sell your information to uh, like marketing companies and what Jen Shaw was doing was like specifically collecting the information of vulnerable people, so like elderly people, and selling that to people that would scam them. So that's like the fraud part of it. She was always like pretty upfront about the fact that she worked in the leads, I think, my understanding. But she, what she was doing was like t- specifically targeting vulnerable people and selling that to scammers. So it's really fucked up because it's, going against elderly people particularly. Um, If you don't know, elderly people are like super susceptible to fraud, especially like in this internet age where they don't really understand the technology. And uh, it's really fucked up what they did. So it all went down this week on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Um, Basically on the episode, we see that they're on a party bus on the way to Vail, Colorado. Jen gets a phone call and is like, oh my God, I have to go. My husband might have internal bleeding, which is such a random lie. (laughs) Like, why wouldn't you just say like, oh my God, Coach Shaw's in the hospital. Like, I don't really know what happened. I have to go. That was my son. I I don't know. I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. It's so weird that she like pulled such, such a specific, such a specific word out internal bleeding. It's bizarre. I don't know. Maybe he's had internal bleeding issues in the past, which has like popped into her head. I just think it's weird. She leaves uh, and then like a bunch of different police come and it's not just the FBI. It's Homeland Security. It's the NYPD, which has everybody really confused. And basically they're looking for Jen Shaw. We see them go to Jen's house and eventually we find out that Jen is arrested. And they keep talking, talking, talking. And they've been talking about this all season. And like I keep seeing it online. Who tipped off the feds to let them know that Jen Shaw was here filming? Guys, nobody. (laughs) Probably nobody. How do the feds, how do the police ever get somebody? (laughs) They follow them around. They track their cell phone, which is later how they say that they get her because they track her cell phone and they pull over on the side of the fucking road. I just like they're convinced that somebody on the cast had to have called the feds and let them know that Jen Shaw would be filming that day at Beauty Lab, which is Heather Gay's uh, like beauty Botox med spa place. 
no. <laughs> the FBI or whoever had a fucking arrest warrant for her. That means that they were actively looking for her. Jen was not in hiding. They were just following her around. Or they called up Bravo, her employer, and were like, hey, boo-boos, where's Jen Shaw going to be today? I'm a fucking fed. You have to tell me. Like, I, I don't know. There's like this conspiracy that Meredith, like I keep seeing people be like, Meredith must have called. Meredith must have called. So Meredith somehow figured out that Jen Shaw was under investigation with the federal agents and that she, Meredith then found out that there was an arrest warrant to be executed on Friday, whatever day that was, and that Meredith then calls and says, just so you know, she's going to be here with us. That doesn't make any sense. They found her just like by doing regular old police work, following her around, tracking herself. And they probably had her fucking phones tapped and were listening to her say, hey, uh, calling her husband being like, hey, we're meeting up at Beauty Bar or whatever that fucking place is called at 9.15 a.m. on Friday, just so you know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think anybody in the cast was tipping off the feds. My understanding is that they have been arresting people related to this crime that Jen did and related to her businesses and that they started ratting and they ratted on Jen and from there they found. I've seen some people be like, it's just too much of a coincidence that it happened during filming. But to that, I say, why? I mean, they filmed for like a decent amount of time on The Housewives. You know what I mean? Like they filmed for like four or five months at a time a lot. It... (laughs) I don't think it's a coincidence like or I mean I do think it's a coincidence that they were filming and I just don't see the huge deal as far as like the episode itself I thought it was great it was fun um I did love certain things one I loved Whitney Rose like being the smartest the most logical person there um I find Leela I find Lisa Barlow to be unbearably annoying when she's like I've called all six of my attorneys and it's like for what why would you need to call six attorneys as somebody who works for attorneys first of all (laughs) if you have good attorneys making six attorney phone calls even if you're only having five phone calls each um that's getting billed at most likely 0.2 an hour like that's like a hundred dollar per phone call 120 dollars per phone call for what for what now i understand calling a attorney I don't think that's unreasonable if I was in a situation where like a, my coworker got arrested and I had access to the attorneys, I would call the attorney probably and be like, hey, guess what just happened? And I think my attorney would advise me like, don't talk to anybody unless I'm there. Reasonable. Why would you need to call six attorneys? Why do you have six attorneys on retainer? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Six? You have six attorneys? I mean, I can understand having six, like, you are settling an estate. You're suing someone. You have a criminal attorney. Like, there are definitely reasons to have multiple types of attorneys. But, like, it was such a stupid brag. And anybody who knows anything about the law is like, why would you need to call six attorneys? (laughs) You'd call your one attorney your criminal attorney. And if you don't have a criminal attorney, you call the closest thing to it. You call the person that you think may have the most criminal attorney or the most criminal expertise. It's just silly. Lisa's um, unhinged. I know I've shared this on Patreon. I don't know if I've shared it on Feathers in My Hair, but back when Real Hazards Salt Lake City premiered, <laughs> she, I was t- live tweeting the episode 
and I used the ha- I did not tag her, but I did use the hashtag. I wrote something like Lisa Barlow makes me uncomfortable because I don't trust any Jews that convert, which was a joke. Like, <laughs> if you don't know, uh, Lisa was born Jewish, but her mother converted to Mormonism when she was young. Like, I think she was like six or seven years old, and she essentially grew up Mormon. I said that as a joke. Like, I think I said it was bone chilling when Jews convert, something like that. I really, it really was not serious, but it was said. Um, and like seven weeks after the fact, got a fucking DM from Lisa Barlow. I hand to God. Um, my Twitter got suspended famously. <laughs> my Twitter has famously been suspended for getting copyright claimed for posting old TikToks, which is hella annoying. So eh, it's like gonna be hard to find, but. If I put in a bunch of effort, I'm sure I could find it. I know I posted it some places and I sent it to people. But essentially, what her DM said to me were like, I totally understand how you feel about Jewish people converting, but like, oh God, now I have to find it. Hold, please. Okay, I found it. It's just two messages. I was like, what? I saw it in the DMs and I thought, did I follow Lisa? Because you know, sometimes when you follow um, like famous people, they'll like automatically send you like a thanks for following me message. Nope. It said, I saw your comment. I get it. I'll always be Jewish and love being Jewish. BYU had a school in Israel. My tequila is kosher. I love it. It's about Isaiah 53. I know how it makes you feel. I understand. Now, remember, I get this six or seven weeks after I tweeted, I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? I have to go back through my tweets. (laughs) I never responded to it. It was the weirdest fucking thing. I, the fact that she mentioned Israel is very pointed. Um, I'll just never be able to like Lisa Barlow because it's so fucking weird. It's so weird to do that. First of all, don't fucking name search or look through your tag and then respond to me. I did not come for you. Do not come for me. (laughs) If I don't tag you, I don't want your fucking opinion on it. It was just like truly the weirdest, like one of the most surreal moments I've had on the internet. Um, so yeah, I didn't love that Lisa Barlow was like, I called my six attorneys and uh, like, okay, girly. Um, I I also didn't love that Jenny was like, who cares? We don't even know. Like, who cares? It didn't happen to us. I would be like, flip the fuck out. Oh my God. I know myself. I'd be talking about that shit for, first of all, the rest of my life. The rest of my life, I would say, <laughs> did you know that once I was like with a coworker and we were filming and fucking Homeland Security showed up? You would not believe. Like, I'd be telling that story forever. I'd be telling it three times a year on this podcast. Like, come on. I would I would talk about that forever. I would be I think I'd be very Whitney Rose in this situation where I'd be like trying to figure out every single thing that's happening. I love how they kept being like, why does Whitney know so much? It's like because she's reading the fucking articles. guys. <laughs> um, I did find the Mary stuff interesting where she was like, how does Jen sleep at night knowing that she does that when like we all know Mary's running a cult? But yeah, those are my thoughts on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and Jen Shaw arrest. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get into the rest of this.
Okay, okay, okay. Your opinion on Pete Davidson and Kim K dating rumors. I think it's fun. Is fun the right word for it? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's silly. Um, I think it's good press for Kim. I think they're probably really having sex. But beyond that, I, I doubt it's much of anything serious. But I think I like it. I mean, like, why not? I think it's it's so harmless that it's fun. Okay. Do you think the upcoming season of Sister Eyes will be as good as the last season? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because much like it's Sister Teen Mom, I consider Teen Mom and Sister Eyes to be like, spirit shows you know like uh, they are their shows in spirit <laughs> I think that the show has like five seasons left in it now will they be enjoyable five seasons probably not will they be on yeah I do believe that the shows go until the wheels fall off there's no reason for them to cancel it we're just heating up Christine's left the family please Christine should get a spinoff that gives them like four fucking seasons to talk about this <laughs> Um, and another question is predictions of how Christine and Cody will play out this season. I got a bunch of, um, Sister Rives questions. I will be following. I will be following. I will be covering Sister Rives on the Patreon. I'm not sure exactly what that will look like, but this, the season premieres on Sunday. So I'm hoping this upcoming week, my episode, my Patreon episode is going to be a Sister Rives episode. If the premiere is really fucking boring, I might put it off a week so I can do two episodes. I'm hoping that's not the case, but, you know, we'll see. I You can't make any promises with a show like Sister Wives because much like Teen Mom, it's very boring. Um, I think that it's going to play out a lot of the same of last season with Christine just being very, very detached from the family. I think filming-wise, we're quite behind. Um like quite behind I think that we are still in like fall of last year like I think we're a full year behind so I think there's gonna be a lot of Christine breaking away and I think that she will not be leaving until the very end of the season so I think it's I think it's gonna be a lot like last season where just Christine is really struggling with what she's gonna do okay um same question I always ask favorite recent read well guys as I've said I've been reading The Hunger Games and I fucking love it. And if we burn, you burn with us. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me, Katniss Everdeen? What a goddamn line. (laughs) I I yelped when I read that. It was so good. The Hunger Games is so good, guys. (laughs) I hate to tell you this. I hate to tell you this. But The Hunger Games, I'm loving it. And I'm having a really fun time like slowly reading it. Because it's not the summer. In the summer, I like crush your books a lot quicker because I sit by the pool or I sit at the beach and read. Um, but I'm not listening to Hunger Games. When I listen to books, I finish them pretty quickly because I also I'm driving at work and blah, blah, blah. I'm not listening to Hunger Games. I'm just physically reading it. So I'm definitely moving through it a lot slower than I would be if I was listening to it. Like I would have finished all three books in a week, most likely. They're not that long. But I'm about three quarters of the way done the third book. I just love it. I just love it. I love, 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 love it. Um, And then as far as like books I've listened to, I've been listening to where I finished listening to the Davis Way Crime Caper series. (laughs) 
guys know I love a cozy mystery. I love a cozy mystery. So that was like 10 books of a narrator I really liked. It was a little, it was very silly. It's very silly, but I liked it. If you like cozy mystery stuff, not historical fiction. Um, then I also listened to the most recent, two of my other series had books come out. Uh, in my historical fiction series, Her Royal Spinus, guess what happened? The king died. Come King Edward and Queen Wallace. I know Wallace never becomes queen, but the king finally died. At the beginning of it, they said it was Christmas 19... What year is that? 1935? He died because the king dies in 36, I think, in January. I gasped. I was like, oh my God, we're about to get the abdication. Like, I'm so hyped for the abdication. David and Wallace are very prominent figures in this series of mine, and I'm very excited. Um... (laughs) I just bought to read while I'm away because I wanted to buy um like so- a physical book. I'll probably get like some more while I'm there. See what Thea ha- if Thea has anything good on her bookshelves. They read a lot of books. Thea's husband reads a lot, but they're like academic books. Like he's one of those people that reads real academic books. I wish I could be that. My cousin Brian is like that. It's incredible. I wish I was like that. I have a professor that like. Every single topic we talk about, she's like a relevant, like academic book to recommend. I'm just not one of those people. <laughs> when could I possibly do that and read about John, my John Grisham novels? You know, I just I'm not sure. Um, so I bought Little Secrets by Jennifer Hillier because I saw the account Things I Bought and Like recommending it. <laughs> and she liked it a lot. Like she keeps recommending it. So I bought that. We'll see how that goes. Um, let me pull my Kindle up to see if I've... I don't think I've read anything else. Uh-oh, my Kindle turned on. I hope it didn't change my page. If you want a quick uh, suspense book that wasn't that good. <laughs> uh, Sherry, I think her first name must be. I can't really tell because of the way the Kindle puts like the red sign over the book, you know. Sherry Lapina has a book called Not a Happy Family. That was really, really quick. That was probably the last, like, oh, also I reread Emily uh, Giffen's, what's her name? Something Blue. And I loved it. I cried. I forgot how good that was. Something Blue, better than Something Borrowed. I'll say that much. I did not reread Something Borrowed. Okay. Um, I have not played Animal Crossing DLC, the expansion pack yet. I rebooted my island hoping it would make me want to pay, play and then they announced the fucking upgrade. I'm not kidding you. Like five days later, I'm so upset. Um, Have you watched Made on Netflix? No, I have not. <laughs> um, It just feels a little heavy for me right now. I don't know. I like maybe one day I'll watch it. I'm just not sure if I really I just like I keep seeing it on there and I'm like "Mm, no I don't think I really want to see that I know everybody like loved it I don't know if it's for me um what should I watch next need inspiration I don't know I just rewatch the same shit over and over again I feel like YouTube and tech well honestly first YouTube like kind of killed my ability to watch TV and then TikTok kind of killed my ability to watch YouTube so what I'm saying is I've like a minute long attention span at this point in time (laughs) I don't feel like there's been anything like incredible I mean as far as 
just off the top of my head, if you haven't watched the other two on HBO Max, you should watch that. If you haven't watched Search Party on HBO Max, highly recommend watching Search Party. I watched the first season like six years ago at this point on um, TBS. I really liked it. I fell off in the second season and then like it, people started raving about it coming to HBO Max and like quickly getting a third and a fourth season. And so I like rewatched one and then I watched all two, three and four. I think Search Party season three is so fucking good. Like it's so, so, so good. So if you haven't watched Search Party, I recommend watching Search Party. Uh, that makes me think of you season three because the an actress is in both. I liked you season three. I actually think you season three may have been my favorite, but that may be... The thing with you is that I watch all of it so quickly <laughs> that I have very little memory of what happened in the other seasons. So I feel like after two and three, I was like, oh, I like this better than the last one because I mostly don't remember what was in the last one. I wish I watched more TV. It feels like, oh, my favorite, actually, one of my favorite things I watched this year that I feel like nobody else watched but me was on HBO Max. I think it was called Starstruck. I should probably figure out its name. Yes, it's called Starstruck. It's like eight 25-minute episodes. Actually, truly was not long enough about a woman who has like a one-night stand with this guy who she realizes is famous. It's really sweet. It's really, really sweet. Um, I wonder if it's going to get a second season. I definitely recommend that. I've not seen like anybody talking about that, but I loved it. Okay. Oh, this one's depressing. Do you think Sophia is being groomed? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How could you not? You know, is it intentional? Hmm. That I don't know, but is it happening? Yeah. What are some fun Gen Z things you've learned from your internship? Hmm. Okay. Off the top of my head, belly button rings are back. All of the girls want their belly buttons pierced, which I was shocked to hear about. Um, kids or OK. I, the thing is, the girls that I work with at my internship are like super high achievers who care a lot about school and like their life and politics, which is why they're on like this <laughs> civic engagement thing that they're doing that I help out with. Um, so I have like a real I have a real uh, like I'm exposed to a very specific type of teen is what I'm saying. And they care a lot about school boards. <laughs> when I was in school, I don't think I like even had a real awareness that there was a school board. I remember like hearing about the school like I I don't want because and I was a very aware teen like I really cared about politics like it's not that I didn't know about this stuff. And I remember like the big debate when I was like in high school was creative. What was intelligent design? Was that what it was called? Against evolution, intelligent design. Um, But I don't like remember who was in charge of that. Like I don't I don't remember specifically ever thinking about my school board and these girls are like fucking obsessed in a good way with like going to their school board, talking in front of their school board, the school board elections we just had. They were like, oh, we should talk to so-and-so. She just ran for the Great Valley School Board. I'm like, okay, bitch, like you should talk to her. 
I think it just has to do with like our current political landscape. But I just I find that really interesting. Um, they care a lot about. Mm, I was I, I don't know. <laughs> I did learn on TikTok recently. It seems like kids are calling their best friends their BSF. S is in Sam, not their BFF. For best friend, I'm gonna have to. I'm I'm making a mental note to ask them about that tomorrow to see if they really do that. I just I love them. I love working with them. They are so smart. They're so engaged. I just like fucking love listening to them. They're so cool. I, we're like picking out our specific um hour they are picking out like their specific topic that they're going to spend the year working on and like they're just so they're so motivated and care so much and I love like I love hearing them talk about how much they care about things and they're very aware that like they have to tamper down how much they care about stuff like with their peers and they're always talking about how like how much they love being on this board because it's like such a relief to them to be around other girls who care as much as they do which is like makes me want to cry every time I hear them talking about it because I know that exact feeling (laughs) and they're like my friends just tell me to like shut up and they don't care I mean I don't think they're that mean, but like, I don't know. I just, I love it. They all care so much about like COVID safety. Um, It's interesting. Like we have, there's like 20 of them that we work with and they come into our pretty small-ish office space, Um, but we're all vaccinated. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're all vaccinated. And the other woman I work with was like, oh, well, we're all vaccinated, right? Like, do you guys want to take your masks off? And they're like, no, we're fine. I was like, oh, yeah, because they really do wear masks all day. So they're like cool with wearing masks all of the time where I've become like Megan Kelly. I'm an anti-masker at this point in my life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I just hate wearing it. Like I'm not anti-wearing it. I just hate wearing it. So I, I just like I just think they're so great. I love listening to them talk. I love listening to them talk about like how social media affects them and I feel very inspired by them all of the time. And I feel so grateful to get to hang out with them and that they think that I'm tolerable. (laughs) How did you get started doing Fathers in My Hair podcast about Teen Mom? Okay, so I guess I probably haven't talked about this in quite a long time. It's been almost five years of this podcast. January 2nd, maybe? is going to be the five-year anniversary of this. Isn't that wild? It was definitely the first week in January. Donald Trump was not yet officially president when this podcast started. Um, The new season of Teen Mom started like that first week in January, and that's when I kicked off the pod. So I have always loved talk radio. I was like a big NPR head. I always loved audiobooks. I would pirate like back in the day I would like illegally download audiobooks RIP me illegally downloading things I miss that but I try not to do it anymore um I would always love that and so when I discovered podcasts which was um there were like a couple of podcasts that I like listened to on my iPod back in the day Savage Lovecast was one I remember I have no idea how I even found that but in like 2013 ish I like found podcasts via like the podcast app on my iPhone and I got super into 
I think the first podcast I listened to were the original SUP podcast, which I think was called Pumped Podcast, the Chelsea Peretti podcast. I think How Did This Get Made was one of the first podcasts I listened to. Um, so it must have been like I because I must have listened like via Chelsea Peretti to a lot of like comedians and I must have I think I found their podcast like via Chelsea Peretti's podcast like that's how I found Moshe Kasher who did not have a podcast at the time but like I people like that I got via Chelsea's pod and so I like got into podcasts and I loved them and it was so great and I was like oh this is so great it's like NPR except I get to actually like pick the subject <laughs> I quickly found like Watch What Crappens and through the Pumped podcast, I found Molly McAleer. It was never into like, I never like heard Please Advise or anything like that. I started following Molly on Snapchat and we would Snapchat each other about the show 60 Days In. Then she started Emotionally Broken Psychos, a podcast that was about all things like reality TV um, and at the time, people could like call in with vo- or like send her voice memos. And so I started sending her voice memos um, all of the time. And then she asked, like, do you want to come on the podcast, which was like the most exciting thing ever. This was must have been fall 2016. Yeah, that sounds right. Fall 2016. Um, it was. I remember because it was right before Hurricane Matthew because some of the episodes aired while I was like evacuated for Hurricane Matthew. I specifically remember that. But um, we were, that episode went really well. People really liked it. Um, I had been like kicking around the idea of doing a Team Mom podcast because at, by that point I'm listening to like a shit ton of reality TV podcasts and n- literally nobody had a Team Mom podcast at this point. And I was like, that's interesting. I think the reason is because um, Team Mom just had like a very specific audience that was like not a podcasting audience for the most part. I was like super into Team Mom Reddit and I was like, wow, I really want to do a podcast about this show. I just like, I don't know, I didn't like know how to do a podcast. I didn't have any like sort of inspiration to start. And then Molly's mom happened to live like very close to where I was living in Florida and she came for Thanksgiving in 2016 and we met up and we had like a really nice day and we talked about like me doing a podcast under her and it would be about Teen Mom and she was like, yeah, the thing is though, like if you do that, like you have to do it every week and I was like, yeah, I know and we kind of came up with this plan that I would do that. I came up with the name Feathers in My Hair. I remember at the time she... um wanted it to be like have psychos in the name because it's like the emotionally broken psychos and so I came up with feathers in my hair and she's like I don't get it because she didn't watch Team Mom 2 I was like everybody will get it <laughs> like anybody that cares about Teen Mom 2 will like will understand what feathers in my hair means um then she's like I don't know I think I wanted to be like have psychos in the title and so we like I like kicked back a bunch of names like with psychos in the title and she's like I can't stop thinking about feathers in my hair it's like it's such a interesting name like I think I sent her the episode or something and she was like you you have to go with that and I was like I agree it's like always been the one for me and so I launched the podcast originally was like a patreon exclusive on emotionally broken psychos then I started posting half episodes on iTunes for like a year and a half or something And then I started posting full episodes and that's how Feathers in My Hair came to be. And I truly cannot believe I've been doing this shit for five fucking years. (laughs) It's been life changing and 
many, many, many ways. I mean, in some ways, not at all. (laughs) But in many ways, I love doing this podcast. I'm still doing this podcast through school and internship and work um, because I love I love my listeners. I don't always love physically doing the podcast. It can be a real drag, but like I love feathers. My hair is my baby. I love it. I just, it's, I I just can't believe I've been doing it for so long, honestly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Maria wants to know, which by the way, you should go buy some jewelry from her. Sienna Moon Jewelry. I am getting people their holiday gifts from there because they're so cute, including my nieces wanted to get me a gift and weren't sure where to get me. So they're getting me something from there. <laughs> I love her jewelry. She said, what is your most listened to song of 2021? I don't know if there's a way to check Spotify before like the wrap up happens. But I would guess it's maybe Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. I fucking love that song. <laughs> I've actually listened to like more music in this last year than I have in probably the last like eight or nine or 10 years. Once I like really got into podcasts, I basically stopped listening to music, which is nuts. Like, I don't know why I did. I just did. And suddenly in the last like year, I've realized I like listening to music when I'm driving again. Um, Not all the time, but sometimes I'm like blasting my music, especially on longer drives, which I know is opposite. Usually people want to listen to podcasts on longer drives and music on shorter drives. But for whatever reason, I like it on longer drives. I think singing along like distracts me. And so I've been listening to a lot of music. I bet actually my spot, my spot, my top Spotify song is like the chill beats to relax to, you know, like lo-fi beats to study to because I fucking love that shit. It has um, a YouTube channel, but also a Spotify like there's a bunch of lo-fi Spotify channels and it's basically just uh, like lyricless music that I put on to study to or when I like need to turn off sound like when I I can't like when I can't listen to something but I can't have some like music with lyrics distracts me um love to have ADHD love 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 to have it uh that's when I listen to that so I listen to that a lot and I would bet that's probably actually my top (laughs) I bet during Spotify wrap up that's gonna be my top thing but I think driver's license that song's so fucking good you guys um okay is Leah still becoming a realtor or did the new boyfriend and lifestyle brand take over I think it did we have not heard about her becoming a realtor in quite a long time in quite a long time by the way she has like full-blown Christmas pictures with that boyfriend and her kids good luck good luck um have I watched Love Island no but I like the idea of watching Love Island so maybe one day I will who's the best one directioner I don't know I'm too old for that like I know who they are via celebrity gossip but I'm too old for one direction um that's past my That's past my time of like caring about boy band members beyond just gossip. So I don't have a favorite. Um, I think I would like to go to a Harry Styles concert, though, just based on like what I see on TikTok. So I guess Harry Styles is my answer. And I like some of his songs now. 
Oh, what are your favorite early indie songs of the aughts? Oh, my Lord. Okay, first of all, it's kind of embarrassing, like, how much Night Ripper, the first Girl Talk album in 2000, it must have been 2006, was fall of my freshman year in college. Like, that shit changed my life. I loved that shit. I put that album on the other day while I was like folding laundry and was like, oh my God, this brings me back to such a specific time. Um, Okay, so I love Rilo Kylie. I mean, with Arms Outstretched, Better Sons and Daughters. Oh gosh, I don't know. It's hard to think of off the top of my head, but Regina Spector, uh, probably out of all my Regina Spector songs that time, which... <laughs> Today's actually the anniversary of my friend Allison passing, my friend from when I was four. And I just have like such beautiful memories of driving my car with her and like, <laughs> like screaming that song like a lot. Like it's just such an easy like sing along song. I mean, that whole album, Begin to Hope, is. Just an incredible fucking album. I love Regina Spector, but that time is was our song, um, for sure. We would listen to that all of the time, and so that song is on my mind. I listened to it today and cried a little just because I miss Allison. And yo, time is wild. It really freaks me out that it's been four years. Death really freaks me out. I remember like. Shortly after she passed, my friend Megan and I were talking about her. And she was like, yeah, my mom and I were talking about a friend that she lost, you know, when she was in her 20s. And she realized, like, it had now been more time that she had been dead than she had ever been alive. And, like, I mean, Allison was 29 when she passed. So it's going to (laughs) be... a while for that we're still 25 years off of that but like the fact that that could happen freaks me out I don't know it's just it's weird it's weird to think that she's not here it still feels very surreal I still it feels impossibly impossible that she's not here still I really miss her oh man it just sucks death sucks I've had like so many friends that died, but Allison's is still the one that hurts the most. All of, not all of the time. That's not true. But like, I still sometimes will think about it. Like, it will like come at me out of nowhere and I, it literally takes my breath away. Like, I, it, I find it hard to breathe when like, it just like out of nowhere. I'll just like remember the finality of death, if you will. <laughs> You know, (laughs) I can't think about death too much. It freaks me out. I think part of it is like just sheer narcissism because I find it impossible to believe that this world could exist without me. (laughs) Oh, man, it sucks that else. It sucks when your friends die, you know, it really sucks. Um, Other favorite songs of the early aughts. I mean, luck, indie songs. When fucking M.I.A.'s. Kayla album came out Kyla Kayla I (laughs) I played paper planes on a repeat that should have been illegal my roommates were like please I'm begging you to turn this song off 
I was um, a nanny at the time, and the kids I nannied, like, we had this whole dance to it, but they had to, I, clearly I was not a very good nanny, because I let them dance to the song and, like, have gunshots, and, um, but I made them promise they wouldn't tell their mom about it, and then I remember it, like, came out on the radio, and they were already sick of it by the time it came out on the radio, because I had just played it over and over and over and over again. That fucking album still goes so hard. Ugh, Come Around is such a good song. Um, I don't know. In the early, like, an interesting thing about me <laughs> is that in the early aughts, I was actually listening to more, like, jam bandy music um, than, like, indie music. And so in the later aughts is when I, like, found the early aughts stuff. I'm kind of looking through my, like, recently played Tegan and Sarah. I mean, <laughs> Tegan and Sarah is just everything. I love Tegan and Sarah. Those are, are those some good answers? I don't know. Okay, I had a bunch of people questioning about the new Duggar baby, who, if you did not know, is Madison, spelled M-A-D-Y-S-O-N. Now, why is that worth no, worthwhile? Because Josh famously got exposed for being on the Ashley Madison Cheaters website. From there is when all of the stuff about his sisters came out, right? Isn't, wasn't that the series of events that it came out that he was on the Ashley Madison site. So people started looking more into him as I've discussed extensively, especially on the Patreon. Like if you were on any sort of like Duggar fan snark type of spaces at the time, you already kind of knew about this. We definitely didn't know for sure what it was that he did but we were, there was a long-standing rumor that the Duggars were to be on Oprah, that Oprah was told about some sort of issue with Josh, that the Oprah interview was canceled, that Josh got sent away to alert, which is like their reprogramming camp. He had his head shaved and that it was for a sin in the camp. Now, it wasn't, it was always heavily implied that it was sexual assault, um, but it was never like, these are the sisters that he molested. Like, it wasn't like that. But it was, like, known that some shit had gone down with Josh. That was really bad. Um, so TLC obviously knew. And we know that they knew because fucking Oprah told them. Um, I'm pretty sure if my memory serves me right, like, that's why it came out. Because Ashley Madison scandal happened and then people are like, oh, what's up with Josh? <laughs> like, who happens to be working at Focus on the Family in D.C. right now. Remember, Josh was living in D.C. God, he's such a fucking predator. Um, so why would Anna Duggar name her daughter Madison? <laughs> I don't know. A bunch of people ask, like, do I think she did it on purpose? Did she not even realize? I, I don't know. I can't get inside the, the mind of Anna Duggar. I think she didn't realize it, honestly. And I think nobody would say anything to her about it. Oh, yeah. Also, like... I think it's time for me to eat crow because I was like, there is no fucking way Josh will ever go to trial. He had to be a fucking idiot to think he's going to trial and taking a plea deal. What kind of fucking idiot thinks he's actually going to trial? Like, you can probably hear me just say that over and over again on multiple platforms. And guess what? Josh is going to trial. <laughs> or at least it looks like he's going to trial. Now, do I still think it could end in a plea deal? Yeah, for sure. I think it's very possible we won't get a trial. I think it's very possible we'll never get a verdict at a trial, you know, that they'll see the way it's going and they'll agree to a plea deal. 
I don't know, man. I don't know how Josh Charles is going to be. I'm like sick over the thought of it, over the fanfare around it. I just hope he sees a lot of prison time. Um, and I mean, I don't know. Prison's bad, right? Like I believe, I don't know. I know prison isn't the answer and the carceral state isn't the answer, but at the same time, like, I don't know what you do with sexual predators. I need to look more into that, into what, like, the abolitionists thought on what you do with sexual predators in general is. God. Josh Shucker is a monster. He's a fucking monster. And yeah, it's fucking weird that <laughs> Anna would name her daughter Madison. And it's really fucking weird. That name actually leaked, like, a couple weeks ago, and everyone's like, there's no fucking way. Because, by the way, this baby was born, like, weeks ago, and she just announced it for whatever reason. But everyone's like, there's no fucking way that will happen. And guess what happened? <laughs> Little baby Ashley Madison. Okay. Um, somebody asked how I got over, have I ever gotten over heartbreak? Um, I've been dumped by my boyfriend of six years. First of all, I'm really sorry. That fucking sucks. It really fucking sucks. Um, all I can say is the worst answer and that nobody wants to hear and it's the most frustrating answer. And the answer is time. I mean, it's just, it's just time. You know, like it, you've been with somebody for six years. It's going to take a while to stop hurting. And every day, well, not every day, but eventually it's like going to stop hurting less. I do think, um, something that I realized in high school, actually, when I got dumped in high school, I realized I was talking about my ex-boyfriend all of the time. Like, he just, like, was always coming to my conversation. I felt like I was always mentioning him. And I realized once I, like, forcefully stopped myself from talking about him, I wasn't thinking about him nearly as much. And that really helped. So I think that's that's probably, like, a CBT skill, right? Where you're, like, you're going to have to start retraining your brain. And this is going to hurt so bad to even hear. And it might make you cry to even hear this if you're a crier like I am. But, like, you're going to have to retrain your brain to not think of him as your partner anymore and that's going to be really fucking painful like really really painful and I do think though like one good way to do it is like to consciously not talk about him I'm not saying like you should ignore that it happened but and like you should talk to your friends and process what's going on but like in a moment where you want to be like oh yeah so and so loves that you don't say so-and-so loves that out loud. You know what I mean? Like, and you just try and remove him from like your normal day-to-day conversation. I do think that really helps. Um, obviously, spending time with your friends, therapy, if necessary. For some people, sleeping with someone else or dating someone else helps. Some people that doesn't, you know, like for some people that makes it feel worse. I would say try it out if you're in the mood. <laughs> If it makes you feel worse, then you learn. You don't do it again for a while. Um, but I just want to say, like, I, I'm so sorry that happened. That really fucking sucks. Six years is such a long time. I was with my ex for six years, so I definitely understand it. I mean, you're truly allow yourself to grieve not just a relationship, but most likely a future that you assumed you would be having that you're no longer going to have. Um, that's like you have to grieve that. I mean, you've just had a death, essentially. That's what a breakup kind of is in some ways. And so you just have to let yourself grieve and you have to let yourself feel and just be mindful of destructive behaviors you're doing to take your, to numb 
and try not to do that in excess. So I'm sorry you're going through that. Time is the worst. That's the most fucking annoying answer because it's the only thing that works and you can't fast forward because this does not click with Adam Sandler, you know? Um, someone asked if I plan to talk about the Plath season finale on Liz Explains because I never did. Yeah, maybe. That's a good idea. I kind of like forgot to, to sum it up for the season. Yeah, maybe I should do. Someone asked me about the new Taylor Swift album, as I talked about last week on Team Mom. I have no thoughts on that. None. My thoughts my thoughts on Taylor Swift are blank. <laughs> um, which Team Mom kid is most likely to write a book first? Which Team Mom kid's book do you most want to read? I, this is, this is a lot. I I don't know. I don't know which is the most likely to do it first. Uh, maybe one of Kale's kids and not even like burning her. But I feel like Kale's work ethic will probably rub off on her children. And they may feel inspired to read a book. Um, the one that I want to read most is Sophia. Because I am most intrigued by the going ons in Sophia's lives. Lives. Her life. Her singular life. Um, would love to get my hands on maybe Marissa's memoir. That's going to be a sad one. The twins, one of the twins, would love to read about that. I would love to know about Leah behind the scenes. Leah Portwood. Hopefully she writes a memoir about Amber. I mean, all honestly, all of them. I want to read all of them, except maybe Maverick or Jade. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know why I picked them out of nowhere. <laughs> there was another question that do I think the Edwards will come back? Yes, I do. I think so. I mean, you know, nobody's ever fired forever on MTV. That's not real. <laughs> Being fired doesn't actually mean like forever on MTV. It just means for now. This one I found interesting. Are you ever worried your family will listen to your podcast? You talk about that them often. No. <laughs> Um, no, I also don't say anything on here that like, I wouldn't want them to hear, you know, like, or I try not to. I'm sure some shit has slipped out that like, I wouldn't voluntarily scream at them in their face for them to hear. But for the most part, no, I'm really not worried. Maybe I should be worried. But we're kind of an open book family in general. I think we're like not scared of talking about ourselves. We've all gone to a lot of therapy over the years. Um, you know, we've all changed a lot. I am, there is definitely stuff about my family that I do not talk about on this podcast because it's not my story to tell and it, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to share it. But in general, um, my dad is never going to ever listen to this. My mom is never going to listen to this. Maybe if I die, my mom would listen to it. <laughs> she definitely would. If I died, my, if I asked my mom to listen to it, she would. She just doesn't care about reality TV. Um, my mom is the sweetest person. She says that she knows I do a great podcast because she can hear me through my door recording it. And I sound really great. <laughs> She's so nice. <laughs> it's such a cute mom. She's like, you do so good at your podcast. I'm like, you've never listened to it. She said, but I hear you recording it and your voice sounds so good. 
She's such a sweetie. I really want her to come on the podcast, but I think she feels uncomfortable. Maybe I can convince her to do the Patreon. Um, I really want, I need to get my cousin Brian on the Patreon. He loves Married at First Sight, so maybe I'll start, maybe I'll watch some of that so that he can come on. Um, my brother Michael would maybe listen. I think when I first did that Emotionally Broken Psychos episode, I think he listened to that. Um, and my sister-in-law told me he was only listening at one half speed versus two, and that was a great compliment towards me. <laughs> I think in general, the subject that I talk about, like, means that people don't want to listen to it, which is good. <laughs> and like I said, I, I just don't say anything that hasn't already been said in, like, a therapy session or, <laughs> you know, or like an AA meeting or... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when you're from a messy family like mine, um, you're just so used to like your baggage being out there that it feels weird to not like to me, it'd be so much weirder to have this podcast and not talk about myself or my family. Well, first of all, I wouldn't do that because I'm a fucking narcissistic bitch and I like to talk about myself, which is why I have a podcast in the first place. Um, I just can't imagine talking about myself and not talking about my parents who fucked me up and made me the way that I am. (laughs) My mom would say, yeah, that's true. (laughs) If she heard that, she'd say, well, (laughs) oh gosh. Um, when will I be finished with school? I graduate with my MSW next month. Mazel tov. Um, I finish in May, 2023, which felt like a really long time ago. A really long time in the future, and now it does not feel like such a long time in the future. So I have like a year and a half left, which is exciting. Okay, uh, somebody said, would love a list of people you snark on. This is good question. So basically, if I listen to your podcast, I probably, and you're not my friend, I probably snark on you. Um, uh, all YouTubers that I watch... I love to look at YouTube like guru gossip. I don't necessarily participate in it all, but I love to read. So just like Trisha Paytas, Tana Mojo, Anna Campbell, who I have to check back in with. I haven't checked in on her in a while because it got too dark. Uh, Nikki and Gabby. Uh, there are very few people that I like really snark on closely that I haven't done a Patreon up on. Um, I just did one on Colleen Ballinger, which I was really surprised to that I hadn't done before. Uh, by the way, she announced the names of her twins are Maisie Joanne and Wesley Coy. The Coy's a little confusing. I think Maisie and Wesley, which I would call Wes, but I have a feeling Colleen will call him Wesley because she's Colleen. Um, I think they're cute names. I think she's done a good job with the whole, the whole baby birthing of it all, <laughs> as told by her YouTube channel. I mean, <laughs> not in general. Also, speaking of my family, somebody else, and I thought this was interesting, asked me, um, because I live with my mom, and that's funny, somebody said, oh, oh, they said, are you so close with cousin Julia? You don't tell stories about her anymore. Yeah, I I guess she just doesn't come up. I should text her right now. I haven't talked to her in like two weeks. Um, Yeah, we're so close. I just, I don't know. I guess she just like hasn't come up for whatever reason. That's so weird. Hi, Julie. I love you. Yeah, Julie and I will be close forever. I mean, sometimes we like don't talk for a month 
for whatever reason, but like we're best friends and have been not our whole lives because we lived on opposite ends of the country until we were like five or six, but we've been best friends since then and we're very similar and um, we have not gotten into a fight in a very long time. (laughs) We used to get into fights when we were younger as any close people did, but we have not in a very long time and yeah, we love each other. Um, I guess just like no relevant Cousin Julia stories have come up. I was going to say I haven't seen her in a while. We don't see each other as much in the winter because we're not going to the shore and we don't live in the same place. And she travels usually all winter. They go, her and her husband go to Florida and sometimes Costa Rica. Um, Maybe I'll go to Costa Rica this winter. That would actually be really nice. I would like to do that. But Julia and I still very close. Um, But just, I guess she just like hasn't come up for whatever reason. Sorry, Jules. Somebody asked, since I live with my mom, how does food work? Do you split costs or does she pay? That's a really interesting question. Um, So my mom and I and my stepdad all live together. I do not pay rent here. Um, I don't pay utilities. It's great. I've saved a bunch of money. I'm paying for ride school out of pocket. It's beautiful, perfect. Love it. I buy my own food. We don't eat together. There are definitely certain things that like I buy or she buys that that we both use so like we both like this like Irish butter stuff so like if it's low I'll buy it you know um we use the same almond milk so we kind of like trade off buying that but in general when I like she doesn't really cook that much I cook like a decent amount like five or six meals like I have like a rotation of like five or six meals I'm not a good cook but she'll eat that like I'll make food and she'll eat it but for the most part, we just buy our own food. And if like she's going to the store and she always asks me if I need anything, but rarely do I have her actually buy something for me. I get something for her if she needs it, that type of thing. But we just like get our own food. It's just my mom eats very, very, very healthy and I do not eat very, very healthy like I should. Okay. Oh, love your podcast. Do you think Kale will leave? I mean, I don't know. Like... She she says she is, right? But or is she not filming? I really don't. I don't know. I don't know. Thea asked me if I was excited to see Thea. <laughs> yes, Thea, I'm excited to see you. This when the time this episode comes out, we'll be hanging out. That's so exciting. I've not seen Thea since August, and I can't wait to see her and I haven't seen the girl since May. So I'm very excited. Okay, I'm going to answer one more. My energy level is getting low. I really need to pack tonight, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't go into my internship until 10 tomorrow morning, so I think I'm going to have to pack in the morning. Oh, okay. We're going to end on this. Somebody has snark on. <laughs> I'm going to save these questions because these are really good. If Will I ever remember to answer them again? I don't know. I hope so because there are a lot of really good there are a lot of really good questions I didn't get to, um, like stuff about Macy. Oh, I'm like, I don't know. Oh, wait, I do want to answer this really quick. She said, why do you think Chelsea got pregnant on purpose? You said it a few weeks ago. Um, I think that Chelsea was one of those people who thought that if she got pregnant, then her and Adam would be together. It didn't work, but I think she's one of those like, oops, I got pregnant type of people. I think that Chelsea wanted to be a mom. I think she wasn't really interested in going to school or having a job or doing any of that sort of stuff. And I think that she really was like desperate to keep Adam around. And so she got pregnant. 
I like I just think that's like Chelsea is the irresponsible teen who would make an idiotic choice like that. Um, okay, so where did this go? Oh wait, now I saw one more I want to answer. Mm, two more. <laughs> this one actually I thought was really cute. Do you keep in touch with Smokey Glow and would you collab with her again? She's so popular now. If you don't know, Smokey Glow is a YouTuber. She was on my Patreon last year. Um I feel like keep in touch is a very generous term because we're not friends, right? Like I cold asked her to come on my podcast. She agreed. She was so nice and generous. And um, we like DM each other. Like we, I interact with her social media and she responds to it, you know, like, so I like keep in touch feels a little generous that that's like we're friends and we're not friends, but I think she's fabulous. Like we were just going back and forth a little bit about she was featured on E, like on the E channel. And I was like, that's so amazing. Just congratulating her. She's had kind of a crazy year. I'm hoping I'm going to ask her to come back on the Patreon. Eventually, I would love to talk to her about the year that she's had. Um, She's openly talked about the mental health stuff that she's been going through. And so when things calm down for her, I would love to kind of get her back on the podcast and talk about what it's like to have mental health struggles while being a content creator and like what that looks like for her um if she's comfortable I would love to ask her to come do that I don't know if she'll be comfortable with doing that but that is my plan eventually but as you said she's very popular now <laughs> and has a her channel's gotten really big and I'm just really glad that she's back. She took some time off and I'm so glad that she's back. And I think Smokey Glow, whose real name is Hannah, is just the best. And if you are not a patron and you want to be a patron, I would say become one so that you can go back and listen to our episode together. She was just like so generous with her answers. Um, We talked about money and what it's like, parasocial relationships and like what it's like to get famous on YouTube. And it was just so great. Um, okay, so thoughts on Mariah, Zane, and Heath not being at Aaron's wedding. This is YouTube stuff. My thoughts are they're not vaccinated. It's the only thing that makes sense. Zane was with Carly and David the day after the wedding. He's not vaccinated. That's what it is. We know Heath and Mariah are like Republicans. Um, Zane, I think, is like a conspiracy theorist. I don't think they're vaccinated, baby. And there's a vaccine requirement for that wedding. By the way, Aaron looked fucking stunning at her wedding, which I knew she would because she's, I mean, she's tall. She's beautiful. She like always looks amazing in pictures and she just looked so good. I loved the whole vibe. The dress is so pretty. I was obsessed with her rehearsal dinner look that like mini dress she was wearing with the boots and her hair oh, was just all so good. And this is stupid, but like I was looking at pictures from the wedding and Carly and Aaron being actual best friends, like really made my heart happy. Like, I know they are, but it's so easy to fake shit on YouTube. And there's one picture from the wedding where they all jumped in, like the whole bridal party jumped into a pool at the end of the night. And like, it's a big picture of the group and Carly and Aaron are holding hands in it. Like, I don't know why. It like made me tear up a little bit. I think because I have such strong and important and long term female friendships in my life that I really love seen other women with strong female friendships. Does that make sense? And so like Carly and Aaron's like, I was like, mm-hmm, that's so cute. Like, I love that. Okay. 
this is the one I wanted to this is the one I wanted to end on. Is Emily Marnell a TikTok Betty Betty Broderick discuss? Okay, so I don't fully know who Betty Broderick is. Um I mean like I do. I actually watched um that like that um what's that fucking show? Dirty John. I watched half of season two about Betty. I have a vague understanding of her. Do you know who Emily Marnell is? If you do not, Emily Marnell is sister to one Kat Marnell. <laughs> Kat is a kind of like New York media it girly. She had a book called How to Murder Your Life, which is actually pretty interesting. She is a like famous drug addict um, and a mess. Her sister, Emily, has a couple viral videos on TikTok, and I am obsessed with her, to say the least. There are about 14 of us in this world who have now become deeply into Emily Marnell's journey through TikTok. Um, So I think you compare her to Betty Broderick, because Betty, like, got a really bad rap for, like, stalking her husband and then killing her ex-husband and his new wife. But then it, like, she gets this examination later where, like, actually she supported her husband through all this shit and then he humiliated her and left her and kind of made her crazy, blah, blah, blah. Kind of like that Tanya Harding relook. I've not looked enough into it, so I don't have an opinion on that. That's just what I remember, like, kind of reading when I was watching the the half, the, the couple episodes of Dirty John season two that I watched. So... If I'm correct, are you? I think what you're saying is like, is Emily spiraling out over her husband in a public way? But maybe we'll look back and realize like her husband really did cause all of this. I don't know. I don't really know what the answer to that is. So let's just talk about Emily Marnell quickly. Emily, who we knew via Kat, um, Kat talks about her in her book. In her book, she talks about the fact that her parents shipped Emily off to like a therapeutic boarding school, you know, like that Paris Hilton's talking out about. They're really awful. I believe she like was taken there under false pretenses, et cetera, et cetera. She has a lot of mental health issues as a result of this and just having abusive parents. We know her parents are awful because Kat wrote in her book about how awful her parents are and has talked extensively over the years about how awful her parents are. Kat and Emily were always very close. Then they had some sort of falling out around the same time that Emily's husband left her. Emily has two small children under the age of five, a boy and a girl, who she is now not allowed to see. Her husband has custody of it's very unclear as to why she's not allowed to see them. It's very unclear as to what's going on in court. It's very unclear as to what's going on with Emily. Um, I will say the first time I found a TikTok of her, I wrote, oh, wow, I just found Kat Marnell's sister on TikTok and she's talking about Kat. Um, Kat name searched herself, which is so fucking annoying and was like, don't give my sister any attention. She has borderline personality disorder. It's very sick. I have no fucking idea what Emily has. I don't think she's openly said if she's been diagnosed with anything. But watching her is troubling, to say the least. Um, She is extremely self-destructive on TikTok in a way she claims is empowering. Um, She keeps claiming that this is like her way of dealing with trauma and like taking back her narrative. (sighs) I mean, she does stuff like she'll find out her dad, who she does not like, is going to see her children 
via her ex. So she will post her dad's phone number on TikTok and say, everybody call him and let him know that he shouldn't see my kids because I've made the boundary that he shouldn't see my kids. Um, She'll post stuff like, I saw my kid's teacher out in public today and she just pretended like she didn't see me. So I went up to her and demanded she talk to me and she didn't want to talk to me and stuff like that. Um, She recently said that cat is pregnant and drinking and that she's going to have her like her sixth abortion or something, which like cats openly talked about our abortions in the past. And also it's like if cat's not pregnantly talking about being or publicly talking about being pregnant, like why are you adding that? Um, she blames Kat for abandoning her and her children and allowing her children to be separated from her. I can't quite figure out why. She says it's due to this article that was in the New York Post that I read that barely mentions Emily and the children. It's just like Kat kind of joking around about being a cool aunt. I don't understand how that possibly got Emily's children taken away from her. Um, there's almost no context to any of her videos. On almost every video of hers, people will be like, can you explain what's going on? And the answer is always no. It's always no. You look at her video and you think, what? What? The way that she doesn't see or maybe she does see and she doesn't care, I can't quite figure that out either, that these videos are really just going to continue to keep her kids away from her is upsetting um she her ex has a new girlfriend now except it's like his high school girlfriend or something and she keeps like trying to friend this girl on on social media and the girl's blocking her who could who could possibly imagine why and she's like so mad about it and she's like how dare she not friend me back she's around my kids and it's like well you're not really allowed to be around your kids. It's hard to know. Emily is the victim in every single situation ever. And every other person and every person that Emily's ever met has victimized her. So according to her, it's hard to kind of like suss out what's true, what's not. I think Emily has been victimized quite a lot. I believe she does have a lot of trauma and a lot of issues. But she also does stuff like she'll she'll tell on herself. So she'll say things like, I'm allowed, my ex told me I'm allowed to see the kids, but only if I agree to see him at his house, so I'm not going. And it's like, but like, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to see your kids no matter what? You know, like, if you're all about your kids, don't you just put up with them and you, you go to the house and you see them? Uh, obviously, every situation is unique and that it... It just is like, eh. she also like will randomly say really racist or anti-Semitic stuff. Um, she talks a lot about her former sister-in-law, her brother's or her husband's brother's wife, who is, I think, Korean. And she talks about her being like Asian and Korean and like subservient in just a really weird, gross, racist way. Um, she's kind of obsessed with talking about her ex's Jewishness and what that means in a in a not great way um and when the comments would be like hey why did why did you say that like that that's actually anti-semitic she'll be like well excuse me for trying to heal from narcissistic abuse and it's like well huh huh (laughs) what I guess I feel for Emily because I do think like she's going through a lot clearly um and I do believe that she's had a lot of treat her people treat her badly 
Um, I'm not clear as to what is going on in the divorce with the kids. I'm I'm not clear. I I don't feel comfortable saying that her kids have been taken from her or well, I guess no, her kids are being kept from her, but I'm not comfortable saying that like her ex is in the wrong because we really don't know shit about him except for what Emily's telling us and Emily is possibly the most unreliable narrator I've ever come across ever anywhere. Um, I've had people ask me to do a Patreon episode specifically on her. It's not possible. Like, it's just not possible. There's not enough. I don't know enough about her. Like, nobody does because she wasn't a public figure and she's still really not in most ways until she started posting on TikTok and all her TikToks are incomprehensible for the most part. They're all over the place. Like I said, uh, she's going to get herself sued. Um, You know, posting her father's phone number and encouraging people to call him. She is now going after Leah McSweeney because Leah's friends with Kat. And I guess she went to Leah because she was doing Leah's PR because Emily does PR, I guess. I mean, I, I know that she does. I've heard that before. Like in the past, Kat would talk about that. By the way, I do not like Kat Marno. <laughs> I'm not a Kat fan, really. I read her book. I think some of her writing is okay, but I kind of think she's a monster in a lot of ways. Um, so this is not like I'm, which is why I was kind of excited to find Emily's account talking shit about Kat because I don't like Kat. And then I realized I was like, um, but I guess she told Leah that like Kat was responsible for her not being able to see her kids. And Leah was like, you you are gross like bringing your sister into this she has nothing to do with it like you like stop like leave me out of this leave cat out of this this is not right and now emily's like going on this tirade about how evil leah is for doing that and i'm like honestly it makes leah seem kind of sensible <laughs> and i don't like leah mob either so like i don't know man it's it's a real mess Will I think Emily have some, like, vindication in the end? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. She's, like, currently getting evicted from her apartment. Apparently, like, she was supposed to pay rent with money from the sale of her, like, marital home. But her husband, her ex, is, like, withholding the money from her. She has a job, so I don't really know why she's not paying rent. It's it's real. It's real confusing. It's real confusing. Also, like, she's in this new apartment and her kids don't live there or seemingly really go there. But, like, she has all of these toys. And so she's always making TikToks using these toys. And you're like, where are you? What's happening? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with Emily. I check on, on, in on her all of the time to make sure I haven't missed some stuff. And people are always in her comments like, Emily, I'm rooting so hard for you, but don't do this. Like, this video is not good. You shouldn't post this. And then Emily would be like, wow, sorry for trying to get better. (laughs) Which uh, she's definitely one of those people that, like, I can't look away from because she's living out loud in a way that I find startling. You know, just completely startling. Okay, on the Emily Marnell note of it all, I'm going to peace out. Maybe I'll do a part two of this at some point so I can answer some more of these questions. These are some good ones. Um, I hope everyone has a good week and a good Thanksgiving because I'm not going to talk to you next week. And 
then I will talk to you in two weeks. Okay, bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.